You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at WatchOnPremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Hell, hell, the gang's all here. What the hell do we care? What the hell do we care? Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm home. Back from Indianapolis. We're here in the, uh, with the pod squad on a Friday night. It's, uh, let me look around my figure. It is 755. Is it, is it the 14th? April 14th? It is April 14th already. Uh, the day after the anniversary of uh, Barely Legal, so we're on time. With yeah, anniversaries so. always. That's what we do here. As, that's as, what that's what the listeners expect. Yeah, as this airs uh, a couple days after, but it's <laughs> you know, April fourteenth, uh, seven fifty four p.m. Uh, back from Indianapolis, had a fantastic time. Awesome. Uh, brought back the worst case of allergies ever. Uh, but it's good. Uh, shout out to the Square Circle Expo, uh, with, you know, uh, Ed and Heather who run a, a fantastic convention. Um, Ed Gonzalez and Heather Owens, uh, hardcore Heather Owens, that is. Uh, got to hang with Nova for two days, uh, spent 24 hours driving. Mm. Took about, took about 12 ish to get out there and, a little over ten to get here, so I rounded up to twenty four hours. But uh, close enough. Good, good, good. There's something about getting in the car for that long and just driving this good mind eraser. Yeah, you know, I love trips. You know, you know, like that where you know you're gonna have fun all weekend. And uh, my boy Giovanni and his family came out. That was a great time. Yeah, I was gonna say he looked uh, like he was having a blast, man. Dude, he is the best. Yeah. Um, when I got there, they gave a. Uh, me my talent pass and uh gave Mrs. Bean her pass and I hit up Ed. I was like, Hey, my my buddy Giovanni's coming. He's like, Oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. It's like, look, can I get him like a, a a media pass? Like a press pass? Because like I you know, I explained, you know, he was at the Super Bowl, he had press credentials, this, that and the other thing. So he could just go around and, you know, just talk to people and uh He's like, yeah, yeah. So this is Friday. He came back Saturday. I got the, the pass. So when uh, Giovanni and his family showed up, which is awesome, Giovanni's the best. The look on his face when I presented him with a, uh, a, a press credential. 
was the best because he came out and he, he he was all business. He came out with his bow tie and he's all dressed up and <laughs> yeah, dude to the nines. I loved it. Kid means business, mm-hmm. so he came out and uh, gave him the press pass and you know we bullshit for a little. I was like, look, I, uh, I understand you're here to see me, but go around, you know, meet some people. And uh, Mrs. Meany took them over to Mick Foley because he interviewed Mick and Mick's amazing. You know, Mick gave him some time. Uh, he uh, met Moxley. Moxley let him ask him co- some questions. He did some questions with uh, Kurt Angle. Cool. He got to meet RVD. So the kid was like in wrestling heaven. It was just like when I was a kid. You know, because a couple weeks ago I was posting like all my photos from the WrestleMania 4 uh, weekends. WrestleMania 4 and 5, you know, weekends in Atlantic City. And it just, it takes me back to that time when, you know, you're that young and you can meet, you know, your idols and stuff like that and they're cool back. And yeah, it was cool. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. So I hung out with Nova, hung out with the Collar and Elbow crew, uh, saw Cole Cabana, sold a bunch of the, uh, figure, figure awesome. collectors, the, the bone crushing action figures, which, um, still fucking amazing. I can't believe they're, they're real. I go, I'm sitting on my laptop here as we record. Love it. Um, went and picked up some more. I, they sent me some, but uh, I got a. I got the um, doing a, an appearance at my boy Justin Daniel. Justin Daniels and his wife Penelope have a uh, toy convention coming up at their Far Point Toys mm. store in Mays Landing. So I'm going to have some figures for that. Oh, I already have figures for uh, icons in July. Mm-hmm. But I was like, dude, I got this toy convention. I better get some more. So I got some more. And uh, I'm just, it was such a great, prosperous trip. Just, uh, it's good to be around good people. It's good to be in a, have a nice long drive with my best friend, Mrs. Meany. And uh, it's kind of recharged my batteries, you know? Yeah. Except for the you know, coming back to Philly and getting. Fucking Bukaki by Pollen. <laughs> this fucking. That is the most accurate description of springtime in Philadelphia, just getting Bukaki by Pollen. Like, I, I can't pollen- think of a better way to describe it than that. I, I have been pollen cockied. <laughs> 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 what the fuck, man? It is. It's and literally I, everywhere. And, all over my and face. And that's. And that's the name of this week's episode, Pollen Cocky. <laughs> Pollen Cocky. I have to figure out how I'm going to spell that. Pollen. Uh, oh, yeah. Here we go. P-O-L-L-E-N-K-A-K-E-D. Perfect. And we're going to wrap it up. That's going to do it for us here at Mind of the Meaning. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's, uh, that's good shit, man. No, it's like every day. It just, the, the, the allergies get worse. Like I said, I, I, uh, you, uh, I, I looked like you guys had a great time out there. You and Mrs. Meaning. It looked like you were having an awesome time and, and it just seeing everybody there was super cool. Um, yeah, but I was afflicted with a stomach bug and it was fucking horrible, oh, man. Uh, to recall back in our uh, previous episode, I was barking at my shoes and, yes. uh, oh God, it was fucking ruthless. Bark at your shoes. Which you can actually listen to right now. If you go to mindofthemeaning.com, you can listen to everything in our archive now. You can listen to that episode yeah. where we talk about vomiting and our bar stories. It's actually one of my favorite, one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. It's just like shooting the shit about war stories, but... Uh, yeah, the kids, oh, yeah. kids brought something home and, and I think it was Saturday or Sunday night. Like I was, you know, James came in and, you know, as usual, I don't feel good, dad. I don't feel good. And puked all over the bathroom. And then Danny came oh. in an hour later and like, he was like kind of, Danny does, Danny's like a little bit quieter when he gets sick. 
And so the two of them were like, he's a no seller. Yeah, he exactly. Yes. He's the no seller. And then all of a sudden he's vomiting and it's like, they are like, they were like the dueling. What is that? The dueling banjos? Like every oh, yeah. time it was just like one of them would go and then the other one's in the shower puking. And it was just like, we were up all night. So I had to call out Friday. And so then, and then into the weekend, Sunday, it was like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And there is absolutely nothing more that I hate than fucking throwing up. And it was <laughs> like, it was both ends. It was horrible. So finally better now, but, uh, I had wished for a sweet release of death at that point. But you, uh, you mentioned something a second ago that I wanted to come yes. back to, um, yes. was about the photos that you took, which I like every time I see that photo of you and Gorilla Monsoon, I pop a little bit. Cause I'm like, that is the <laughs> coolest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. Um, but there's been, um, we have a lot to talk about too, because there's there's been some crazy shit happening. In, in oh the yeah, we haven't talked in like two weeks. Yeah, I mean, what have we missed anything, y'all? Have says anything crazy oh, happened? I don't know. Um, yeah. But there's been a discourse recently about um, photographs and pictures with you know, I guess professional wrestlers in general, but also like, I think it kind of applies to just people about you know being too much of a mark and you know uh, and and asking for a photo with 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 people that you're you're surrounding yourself with or people you work with or or people that are important whatever it is and uh i don't see the issue with being in a position and I, i'll ask you to elaborate on it too but like yeah you know we were at icons right it was yeah. last summer the summer before and I remember saying to you, like, hey, Ken Shamrock is here. And Ken Shamrock is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And yeah. I was like, I would love to just, like, go and say hi to him. And you were gracious enough to introduce us. And it was just, like, super fuck. Like, I mean, I, you saw you saw the picture. Like, I was mark, I was marking out, right? And he was just the nicest guy. And now I have this picture of me and Ken Shamrock. And it's the coolest thing in the world. And it's like, I'm glad I did that because that moment was so special to me. And that moment means something. And it's like, I'm glad I have that. But yeah. I think it's different. The discourse really on this particular thing was about like, oh, you never ask, you know, in your world to take photos with people. What, what's your take on that? Like when you're working, like, you know, do you want to take pictures with people? Like what's your, you know, what's your take on all that that's been going on? Yeah, I, I've been seeing this, uh, people talking about it online and uh, it's been making the rounds and um, it's just an archaic view of how wrestling might have been in the 70s or 80s but uh it's really it's really just like a, an opinion of you know somebody probably heard and they think they know about wrestling and probably know very little of wrestling right but uh I, here, here's a perfect example uh last summer i was at legends of hamburg mm-hmm convention at the Hamburg Field House, which is an amazing, is, is a great convention. I can't wait to do ne- next year's is in September when it's going to be a little bit cooler out. Uh, but uh, I'm sitting there and Demolition starts walking over towards me. It's like, hey, what's up guys? He's like, and uh, Bill Eady said it perfect. He's like, you know, when we got in the wrestling business, they always said, you know, it's always taboo to take photos with guys, you know, you wrestle with, but you know, Fuck that. That's me. <laughs> Let's take a photo together. I was like, absolutely. And, uh, and what's cool is Car- I was talking to Carrie Silkin. So it's me, Demolition, Carrie Silkin, 
all in his, his great photo. Uh, I don't get, yeah, I understand how, you know, the business used to be, but it's never, but you know, there's, there's been plenty of fucking examples of the boys, you know, taking photos with each other and, and posting them online. Oh, well, they're just being coming out online recently. Like the, the most famous and one of my favorite photos is, you know, the back of the bus photo with the Undertaker, Hall, Nash, Paul Levesque, X-Pac, Jerry Briscoe all sit in the back of a bus, uh, the Godwins. Right, yeah. It's like a murderous row of, of 90s, you know, Attitude Era wrestlers, yeah. Oh, my God. It's like the perfect fucking example of it doesn't matter, you know. You know, uh, I, I, and I, I've been reading all this online and... And uh, it's just like, and I, I, and here, my opinion was: look, we as professional wrestlers spend most of our lives creating memories for other people. We should be allowed to preserve some of our own memories for ourselves. And uh, there's so many people who are no longer with us that I wish I had taken the time to take a photo with. Uh, I'm grateful for the photos I did take. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's like it's like high school. It's like class. You know, you're, it's, it's like a class reunion kind of thing. You just get get together, get together and take photos. Now, here's here's the the, the one point, like where it's like, it's it, there's no problem in like like say you're a young guy breaking in the Indies, and you're working a show with a named talent, and it's like. You know, the end of the show, and you're like, hey, there, there, there's a way to approach somebody and ask for a photo. When a guy shows up and he's just setting up and he's trying to find a place to sit and all that shit, give the guy a chance to, you know, relax, catch a breath, sit down, get ready for his match, this, that, and the other thing, and just get settled in. And then, you know, maybe after your match or a little bit through the show, you can, you can approach by, hey, uh... Would you mind if we took a photo together? And more than likely, the the guy will be like, "Oh yeah, absolutely, sure." But like, if the guy's got one foot in the door, you're like, "Hey, buddy, can I get a photo?" Right, dude, dude, let don't don't let me, me yeah, let me settle in. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, uh, you know, just don't be, the, 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 the the protocol is just don't be a goof. Right, be cool. Be, be, be cool. cool. It's the best advice be you've ever given me. Be cool. Just be cool. Just be, just be cool, and uh, just be cool about it. And you know, more than likely, it's it's never a problem. You know, uh, and there's times where like I've taken photos, and I've seen somebody off somebody I know, you know, personally, watching the photo being taken, taking taken. Sorry, first day with the new mouth, <laughs> and uh, I'll take my photo. I'll be like, hey, yo, hop in. I'll tell somebody hop in, and we'll take the photo, and it's yeah. never an issue. So the whole thing of Take, boys taking photos with the boys being a mark is fucking stupid. It's really fucking stupid. Uh, you know, especially if your friend, it's somebody you're friends with, it's somebody you've been working with over the years, and even if you're new, just be cool about it, you know, uh, and everything will be fine. But whoever whoever is still carrying that flag probably... It's, it's always the people who've done the least in the business mm. who... Talk the most, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I could go out online every day and 
give my opinions and give advice and all that stuff. And, you know, it would be cool, I guess, but I'd rather save that, you know, experience for, like, in-person time and stuff like that. Right. Not every... Not every situation applies to every person, you know. But I also think, too, it's like, you know, like just to give you another example, like when we were, you know, at Icons together, like I'm I'm usually there with you. And um, Bully Ray came up, friend of the show, yeah. uh, uh, Busted Open. Listen to that show, by oh. the way, on Sirius XM. It's fantastic, Busted Open. Um, shout out always to Dave good, Always good. And Tommy Dreamer. Um, Absolutely. And Mark Henry. Uh, but Bully Ray came up to the table, said hello to you. Like, it seemed like it was a really cool, like, little moment, said hi to everybody there. And it was like, in my brain, I'm going, it wouldn't have even crossed my mind if you were like, hey, man, can you snap a picture of me and Bully real fast? Absolutely. Like, and in my brain, because you guys have worked together for so long and you guys have been friends yeah. for so long. Like, it's not even like, in, and, and I would imagine it would have been the same back during the ECW days. It would have been the same during the WWE. You know, like, it doesn't, you guys are friends and it just doesn't. I don't know something about the the dialogue and the discourse that's coming with this because I think there's a difference between approaching it in the way that you talked about and then being aggressive, right? We're not talking about people that are like running up on Rey Mysterio or or Rhea Ripley in an airport. Like we're talking about colleagues. Yeah, that's that's different. Yeah. We're talking about colleagues in a professional setting who are trying to document something together. Like you're on the road how many days of the year? I just thought the whole thing was was nonsense, and it, it just it, it it perpetuates this idea of you know you're like shut up and wrestle, you know what I mean? Like, and it just it doesn't you know. Chelsea Green had a great tweet about it. It's like she wants to capture these moments, and she's glad she did. I even sent you after this. I, I found I saw somebody posted a picture of you in Perry Saturn from an event. Yeah, and I sent it over. She was like, "Hey, man!" And I always try to do that. Like, if I see them online, I try to like grab it. Hey, Mini, I'm not sure if you have this or if you've ever seen it. I appreciate. I love that photo you sent me of Perry because I, I don't even think I had it, but I remember where it was from, which was kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah, and it's cool that like you recalled it. I think you had said you had mentioned where it was, but again, it's like Minnesota. Uh, we were in. A sh- we were doing a show in Minnesota together. Ah, uh, it's amazing. And I just like yeah. I said, it's like it's cool. So I know that like as I'm getting older, right. And I'm not in the business, but I have photos with my friends or people that are in my life that that are no longer here. And I look back at those and I'm like, man, I'm so fucking glad I have this picture because even though they're not here, I might only have this one, but it's this one that I have. And I can look back at this every day, like, you know, Jerry Lawler, when I got to spend the whole day with him at that event. I was like, this is great. And he was totally cool. He's like, yeah, snap a picture. Make sure you get one of me and my, my buddy here. And... Like, it's just one of those things that, that it is. And I, I just, I find that troubling, I guess. I don't know. I, 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 it's like you're being so up your own ass about it. <laughs> you know, it just, it, it's a, it's a, it's an air of like, you, you don't, you know what I'm trying to say. It's just, it's, yeah. it, it's just, it, it's not a good look. And just, just let people be humans for fuck's sake. Like, we've already been dealing with enough for the past three years. Like, let people be fucking humans and just let yeah. them exist. So, um, and, and I, let me, uh, Go back I, to uh, go back to what I said. It's like the people who've done the least in the business talk the most. That's not me saying anything about fans. Not have, right. like fans are allowed to have opinions, and uh, it's it's one thing to say, "Man, I really wish they would have done this," or as opposed to be, like, "Don't do this, or you're a mark." You know, this right. kind of this that, and the other thing is like, uh, you know, I watch. I've never played a in the NFL, but I was like, man, I wish they would have ran the ball there. You know, that's, yeah. 
that's that's one thing. You know, fantasy booking's fine, but I could never say I could never I could never sit here and watch an NFL game and be like, oh, I could draw I could draw up a plan better than that. You know, like right, right. It's just I I I, I couldn't do the X's and O's of football. And go to a, a board and, uh, you know, okay, you here, well, you block this guy, blah, 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 blah. I could never, if I went to a player and did that, I would expect that player to, to headbutt me. Right, right, exactly, yeah. But I was like, oh, man, if if I, if he could just, you know, maybe ran the ball in that situation, the guy was like, yeah, but this is, you know, and then the player could go, yeah, but, you know, uh the play called for this, that, and the other thing. We thought we had this, that, and the other. You know, there's difference between that. Like, you know, saying in wrestling, oh, I wish so-and-so would have won. It's different than, like, well, the guy, yeah, on, on, on the headlock, there was too much daylight. It's like, what, what are you talking about? Just, yeah, like, just watch the, yeah. watch the fucking game. But also, too, like, it's even, like, social media perpetuates that, too. And I don't know if we talked about this before, but, like, even the other day, I, I was talking to, um, or was looking at Jess Margera's feed, and he was tweeting some stuff politically that wasn't aligning with some of his, his, his followers on, on the opposite side. And yeah. somebody tweeted back at him and was like, hey, man, maybe you should worry about getting Bam into rehab and getting him to lose weight and worried about gun control and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, and he's like, you're welcome for the advice. I'm like, dude, go fuck yourself. Like, who says this kind of stuff on, on social media? That has media? nothing, yeah, that has, Bam has nothing to do with the point he's making. Right, like, what? well, first, yeah. but it's like, it's, it's, it's like, and I've seen, I've heard that stuff said to you or said to other people oh, at yeah. like conventions and shit, not, not about Bam, obviously, but like, stuff in wrestling, and it's just like, what gives people the right to say these things to you or to Jess or to other entertainers? I, I don't, I don't understand like where the disconnect is in people's brains sometimes when they say these. It's like, do you not hear yourself? Like, do you not, does there no processing before it comes out? Because I'm sure most people, I don't necessarily think that most people are innately bad when it comes to that kind of stuff, right? Like, I don't think there's a necess, I don't think there's like a, a qualitative like nastiness to them as an individual. I just think, like, when they say things like that, it's like, why was that necessary? <laughs> like, why did we have to go there, you know? Yeah, I have a kind of a cool moment from past weekend that applies to something you just, you know, were talking about. Last year, I did uh, the Square Circle Expo 2, the mm. second one they ever did. And there was a moment at the convention where an older gentleman and his, his young daughter came up. I'm just sitting there at my table, and uh, I'm just, you know, uh, probably just reset my battery because you know at these conventions it's kind of like you're running for mayor. You're like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? So there's a little lull. lull. I was like, you know what? Let me just sit down for a second. My knees are hurting. My ankles are. Let me just sit here. So this older gentleman, his young daughter, comes over to the table. And goes, you know. Uh, <laughs> The Blue Meanie and uh, JBL had a real fight in, uh, on a live pay per view, and you know JBL beat him up pretty bad, and you know Meanie was bleeding. I was, uh, and hey, last week, last year I was with uh, the Car and Elbow guys. They brought me in, and I popped Rod Hicks so bit huge. I was like, "Hey, you know what? My grandma died from cancer too. You want to bring up other shitty moments in my life?" <laughs> my and like God. he didn't get the the point that like. Like, I'm a guy, I'm a human being, and you're just sitting there with a smile on your face explaining something really bad that happened to me, your young daughter. And uh, so, and that kind of stayed with me all year. Like, yeah. to the point where I was like, man, what the fuck? Like, I should have said this. 
to the guy. I should have said that to the guy. So flash forward, we go out back out to uh, Indianapolis to Square Circle Expo. Same older gentleman and his young daughter come over. Blue Meanie, it's so good to see you. I'm glad you came out here. Thank you for being here. And it was totally different. And just like, like really cool. His daughter was really cool. Not that he was trying to be a dick, but like he wasn't being self-aware of the things he was doing. It was like kind of insensitive. Right. You know, you know, which I'll give him points for doing it to my face and not online, you know. But, right. Where'd you fight JBL like, again? What happened with the fight, man? Yeah. So like, it was really cool. I saw him a, co- a couple times over the weekend. And it just, it just kind of washed away that feeling that I've been sitting on for like a year of just anger. That's great. That like somebody that's, came that's up to great, my though. Yeah, somebody who had done something that really kind of kind of hurt me. You know, you know, just I'm sitting there having a good time, just wanting to meet people, and the guy brings up something horrible that happened to me. That's been, like I said, we've me and JBL are cool, but uh, to come up next year and just like be totally like. Blue me is good to see you, blah, blah, blah. But I just like, it's like, oh, maybe I don't hate this guy now. So, you know, uh, it, it, was, it was like a really cool moment. Like, they, they even like on the drive home, I remarked to Mrs. Meany how, like, like it was kind of like a, a cool thing to like quelch like something that had been bothering me for an entire year, you know. That's really cool. That's a great story, though. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's like a, like a, it's, I can see why you would be holding on to that, though. Like, it basically condenses your entire career into this one really shitty moment that happened. Yeah. In, you know, I don't even remember. It was 2005, maybe. Like, and it, yeah. it's just what sucks is like, you know, everybody, I feel like everybody in wrestling has the, the, like, this one moment, right? It's akin to like asking Mick Foley about falling off or, you know, being thrown off the cage or, or right. you know, I, I don't did, know, did Gold, Goldberg smashing the, his arm into the fucking window. You know what I mean? Like it's like this one segment in time that everybody talks about and they forget that like you, you had this incredible moment, these incredible moments inside of ECW and WWE. Like there's a, a, a wide span of your career. Yeah. And I, I can yeah, see I, why I, that I'm would frustrate you. I, yeah. I've had more than one, like, uh, more, I've had more to my career than just one hiccup. One thing. segment, that, yeah. Yeah, that was just a hiccup <laughs> in my career. And, like, actually, I've I, I had bad, worse, like, fights. Not, like, fights in the rings, but I've been hit way worse than that, you know. Yeah. And it was like, I wrestled, one I was thing. wrestling, uh, I was wrestling uh, Johnny Canine, a.k.a. Bruiser Bedlam. Mm. And uh, I made the mistake of going up and suggesting, like, what we do in the match. So we went out there, and he just fucking, it's like, ooh, you know, Man. just. Can't give you a hot one. Dude, he hit me with, you know those uh, cafeteria chairs that have, like, the curve? It's plastic, and it's a curve. It's all one chair. Oh, no. He hit me with one of those, and it shattered, and the plastic gigged the back of my head. Oh, God. And I was like, holy shit. And it was like, you know, the Ron Howard voice came in and went, and that's when Blue Meanie, or that's when Brian Rollins realized he had made a mistake. You know, <laughs> like, like the voiceover guy yep. comes in and goes, and that's when Brian Rollins realizes he made a mistake. Oh my God, and, uh, dude. That must go have to been the back. horrible. It was, but, um, we would go through the, uh, notable thing. That, that was for, uh, it was for Scott Demore's Border 
City Wrestling in, in Windsor, Ontario, which a young uh, rhino wrestled his first match on, too, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Trivia. Yeah, his first match ever was on that show. But I, I go through the curtain, and uh, Johnny Canine's right there. He's like, hey, buddy, hey, bro. Hey, hey sorry, man. Uh, I got to get a little carried away, blah, blah, blah. So uh, after that, like, I had seen him at, like, another random show. And he felt so bad about what he did. He went and had the promoter put me on the show that night. He's like, oh, hey, cool. hey, hey, put my buddy on the mat. And just, hey, you, put him on the mat. You know, he gave me a mat. You know, the promoter's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, everything works out. Yeah. You know, but uh, back to this whole fucking wrestler. Don't be a mark. To, you know, don't, you're a mark if you, you're a wrestler. Take a photo. Of you know, go fuck yourself. Just, yeah. Yeah. Suck my whole dick. And one and and one thing I'll, I'll mention before we we transition onto the next thing it's it's um one thing <coughs> I and, and I know we, we kind of touched on it a little bit but um again at, at icons I, I I observe right on the observer at at, at these events because uh, it's it's sort of it's unique to be someone who used to go to them as a fan and now like being with you and sort of seeing like peeking behind Oz a little bit or the curtain of Oz um. But I remember going up to, to meet Jeff Jarrett because I was like, oh, I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to go meet him. You know, like I, I love Double J. I think he's great. And uh, I pay. Like I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm just a guy. I'm a fan. Like I'm going to I'm going to go and meet these guys and, and, and introduce myself, whatever. And there was a guy who was there. And he was like, you know, <coughs> had this giant fucking display of eight by tens and a guitar and all kinds of shit from WCW and like. <laughs> He was just like shoving it in, Je- in Jeff Jarrett's face, and he's like, he's literally saying, like, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, like, let's get this, you know, like the guy is yelling at Double J, and that's insane. I'm looking at him, and I'm going, and and I, you know, I said to his people, like, I gave the money, whatever, for the photo, and he was like, yeah, yeah, hold on, you know, like, he was like, hey, Jeff, it's, you know, let's let's do this quick photo, and he, you know, real polite, Jeff was to be clear, Jeff was very very cool, and uh, the guy had like was like like rolling his eyes at me, and I was like, dude. Look at your fucking stack of shit on the table here. Like, you can wait 30 seconds for this guy to take yeah. a photo with somebody. And there's a line of people behind who are waiting, and here you are, like a fucking nerd. Fucking, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with nerds, because I'm a huge nerd, but like, you're, let me, maybe a neckbeard is probably better. Here you are, like a fucking neckbeard, screaming at, at Double J. <laughs> like, what would you do if you were in a fucking, in a goddamn, uh, airport? You're, you're probably one of those people that's chasing down Rhea Ripley. And it just, it just bothered me so much. And I'm like, Jeff was just totally taking it in stride. He was totally cool. And I just, I felt so bad for him. Cause I was like, this is the type of shit that, that you guys probably deal with on a day to day basis. And like, no wonder Rhea Ripley tweets stuff like this or Ray Mysterio reacts the way that he does is cause these people are vultures. And it's just, it's like, just be cool. Everybody here. We're all here for the same reason. We're all marks for the business because that's. Why would everybody, you know, like you join the business because you love the business and you, and you are one oh, of the part of it because you love it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But dude, when, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, first wrestlers that kind of like smartened me up to how to treat fans was Eddie Gilbert when I was a fan. Mm. Like I met, uh, I've, you know, traveled down to Memphis for a loop with a bunch of, uh, Philly guys and, we got to have like the VIP thing, you know, had a lunch with, you know, Gilbert and Lawler and all this stuff. And dude, you talked to Eddie Gilbert and I'm just a teenager. And he says like, yes, sir. No, sir. You know, sure. Yes. 
this, that, and the other thing, and very kind, very polite. And I was just like, dude, if I ever become a wrestler, I want to be like Eddie Gilbert. You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, Eddie had no problem taking photos, and Jerry Lawler had no problem taking photos. Yeah. And uh, you, you go on to see, like, all these candid photos that, uh, you know, guys take behind the scenes that are out now. It's, like, it's so fucking stupid. It's just ridiculous. You know, if you think that's how the business should still be or is, you have no clue about what the wrestling business is. Yeah. You know, this is a fraternity of brothers. Uh, we did a panel over the weekend, an, an ECW panel at the uh, Square Circle Expo. And um, it just came up like how, like, you know, a lot of these uh, big guys are still tight. And I was like, it's kind of like that TV show uh, Band of Brothers, mm. you know, that's on HBO, where, like, uh, we're, we're a group of people that went through something. We went through something. We we had some highs. We had some lows. We had some tragedies. But, and at the end of the day, <coughs> excuse me, I'm... I'm we're all grateful that we're still here and able to get together a couple times a year and um, take photos. Yeah. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago at uh, Icons, you know, me and Bubba and Devon and Francine went and take a, took a photo in front of the ECW mural. You know, I, I think Sam had too. And we're all, you know, we take photos all the time because we, we, we're like a family. Yeah, you you were in this moment, and even like to to call back to Paul Heyman's uh, New Jack <coughs> eulogy on on what was it the bump or you know one of the af- smack talking smack um, talking smack yeah. yeah I mean you could see like first of all you know the emotion that was coming off of him but also too like you know Paul Heyman's a part of like the biggest storyline in wrestling ever <laughs> right now and and also as a side note anyone who says that Roman Reigns isn't the guy in wrestling not just a guy the guy you're lying to yourself but anyway I digress. Um, to say that, like, Heyman, like, you could tell, like, there's a, there's a kinship there, right? And the fact that people still talk about ECW to this day, and you still hear the chants in the crowd, and you still, oh, yeah. people, you know, New Jack is a, is a, is a wrestling icon, right? Yes. Like, like the Sandman, uh, the Dudley Boys, the Blue Meanie, you are wrestling icons. And it's because of the fact that you all went through this moment together. And you're forged in that. And so, so to, to uh, even Rob, like Rob Van Dam, like all of you guys are like, it, it's just, it's a, it was a special moment. It was a special moment in time and in the wrestling business. So I'm not surprised to hear that you guys all are, you know, like it's just, you had these moments and that's, that's yep. really cool to find out to hear that you guys are all cool. But I will say blue, if you, if <laughs> I may, if I may call you by your God given name. Yes. Um, there was a, a an event that took place about a week and a half, two weeks ago now. Uh, I think we're on two weeks now. It was a, a little event out there in Los Angeles. And, oh, yeah, uh, that, uh... and uh, the King of the South, Cody Rhodes, was in the main event, uh, the American Nightmare. And uh, he didn't fucking go over. <laughs> and uh, I've been waiting to pull this apart with you a little bit here to talk about it. And... Uh, I, I guess, what are your thoughts, man? Let's start there. What are your thoughts on Cody Rhodes losing clean? Well, mostly clean. He got pinned clean, but it wasn't a clean loss. Right. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Cody losing, man? Uh, before I give that opinion, I need to crack open a drink because I am dying Let's over here. Let's do it. So uh, I got a uh, 
Liquid death, uh, uh, severed lime. Yes. So the best, can, but. the best liquid death flavor. Yes. Let's see. Three, two, one. I just need something to drink. Delicious. Low, low inside baseball while you're talking, I had to lower my mic and, uh, have a conniption fit because I was coughing. Oh no. I didn't even know. I, I think Eric Bischoff was the one who told me that there's a cough button on these boards that we have here. There is, but it's, what I learned when you do the multi-track recording like we do, if you hit the mute button, it still picks up on other shit. So there's, you have to actually manually pull down pull your slider. slider. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Learned that the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> Carl's like, why are you guys coughing the entire fucking show? What's going on? Yeah. He, the, uh, first, the first time he fucking edited the show, he was like, it, it, everything sounds great. I just had to. Cut out a bunch of sniffles, like you guys sound like you're doing blow the whole shit. <laughs> Too funny. So, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What Cody Rose? We were no. at I, I kind of wish Cody went and went over, but maybe, you know, you know that, that that's the fan of me. But, uh, I mean, you sit back and you think, hold on. That a boy. Don't take that out, Carl. <laughs> uh, leave that. Actually, put some echo on it. I was going to say, put some English on that, son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, but then you sit back and you think, and you're like, you know what? They've gone, where are they going, four years with them as champ? It's three years now. They'll be at a thousand days by the time they get to Saudi Arabia. I think that's, what is that? It, some, don't, don't fact check me, but I think it's like June 22nd or 27th they go for Night of Champions over there. Yeah, it's kind of like... If, you, if you've invested this much time in a guy, you might as well let him break a thousand days. But, um, and again, as far as long story, you know, for all the people, you know, like myself going long term, long term storylines mm-hmm. are awesome. And, you know, long, uh, championship reigns are awesome. This is, it, I, I get why they didn't do it. And there's a lot of people going, Oh, this is Lex Luger and Yoko all over again. It's, it's, like, not, not, really. it's not. It's not. No. It's not. But um, if they do the fucking Cena Rock thing where they build this match up over a year for mm-hmm. the fucking rematch next year and it pays off in Philly, no less, then that might be the ultimate pop, yeah, so to speak, if... And, uh, you know, shout out to Cody. I was just watching him on the Rich Eisen show. Mm. Uh, this was like leading up to WrestleMania and he was just too impressed leading up to it. And they were saying, you know, for your favorite, uh, city, one of your favorite cities. And he was talking about how he loves the first thing he said, I love Philadelphia because amazing. You know, WWE that pay per view there, and there's no reason for that crowd to be into me the way they were, and they were, and it, he still remembers it. So, the fact that he loves Philly, and if he can do the thing, his, you know, do the test that his father hadn't done in Philly, you know, that'll be pretty cool. That'll be pretty cool. Before leading up to it, I would have loved to see him get the belts. But now that like I'm getting the hint that they're going to build this up for a year, uh, makes it seem like even a little bit more special. So, you know, it, it yeah. You 
<laughs> I, had, I had a unique perspective because, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the match live. Mm. Uh, I was driving and I had to kind of listen to the match. What I did was I put the peacock on my phone and uh, played the audio through my car stereo. So I listened to the match. <clears throat> and that that uh, crowd was fucking on fire. Yes, they just were. Lis- just listening to the match. Then you go back and watch it. And, uh, you know, maybe could they have done the finish a little bit different? I mean, they, they protected him by doing the fuck finish. Right. You know, right. He didn't sure. lose clean. He didn't lose clean. There, there was, <clears throat> he was, you know, there was a screw job involved. And, um, so they protected him that way. And, but now he's doing the thing with Brock, which is going to fuck hard. Yeah, which that's the fact that they're putting him with Brock is a huge vote of confidence. Absolutely. Because Bro- Brock is an attraction. Uh, like I said, there's really no, attra- you know, back in the day, an attraction would be, we'll bring Andre the Giant to town. We'll bring in Bruiser Brody, you know, guys you don't see all the time. And they've protected Brock in a way to where he'll go away for a little bit. And he'll come back for a little bit. It's that whole saying, like, how can I miss you if you won't go away? Right. So, so Brock is WWE's current attraction. And the fact that, you know, everybody, everybody was expecting Brock to go away. It's WrestleMania. He'll go back up to Canada to his ranch, you know, and uh, chill for a little bit and then come back maybe SummerSlamish. Yeah. But the fact that he came back next night on Raw and set up that thing with Cody to me tells, tells me WWE sees Cody as a main event player. Right. Like uh, I'm a top tier guy, which it speaks well for Cody. I think that's the right move to put yeah. him with Brock. I do. I think I, and, and, and I was conflicted initially. I was upset when I watched the finish. Cause I was like, what the fuck? They're going to hit him with a spike from solo after this entire fucking match. And then he gets a, a, a spear and that's the end, you know? And you're like, what the fuck? So you're angry and you're fucking pissed off. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And then you see the rubber chicken in the ring. But then I thought about it a little bit more, and I'm like, you know what? This does kind of make sense in a storyline way, in a storyline progression, because it feels like everybody's been expecting it, right? Everybody's expecting the big Cody win. Everybody's like, oh, this is going to happen. We we said it, like, oh, it has to happen, right? Um, And then it doesn't. And you're like, oh, fuck. I really thought that was going to be the end. I really thought that was going to be it. And... It was deflating, but I also think there's a build for this. I think, and Bully Ray, you know, to mention him again, he had a great, great point. He was like, you know, how would Dusty have booked this match? And they were all kind of like, well, he probably would have put Roman over, right? Because Dusty's whole appeal was the chase, right? Like that was the whole thing with yeah. him and Rick. It was the chase. Dusty was always after the belt. Dusty was always working for it. And I think that's yeah. what's happening here right now. Do I think that it's going to go to WrestleMania 40? I don't think so. I don't think the wrestling fans have an attention span that long. And I think people are going to eventually be like, oh, what the fuck? Per- me, preferably, as a person who enjoys a long-term story arc, I wanted to go to WrestleMania 40. I'm okay with yeah. that. I want to see Cody build and build and build and fucking 
and, and win the Rumble again next year from number one, right? As the, if you're talking about the struggle, the hero's journey, have them come in at number one and go over. Why not? You know? Well, well, here's the thing. You can't let the fans dictate how you're going to book. Bingo. Thank you. Which sounds counterintuitive because I always say, you know, when you're in the ring, listen to the fans. If something's not working, blah, blah, blah. But that's, you know, the course of a match where you do the things to make them pop and stuff like that. But from a booking perspective, you got to stick with your instinct. And um, Paul Heyman said, you know, Paul Heyman and, and Roman said in the press conference, you know, you know, this is only like the third inning of this, right. this storyline. And then the next night, and then on the, the roll after Mania, Paulie kind of laid it, laid out that like Cody's not going to be a challenger at this pay per view. That he, he listed all the pay pay per views that he's not going to challenge at which does tell me they're going for the long haul yeah with, with you know cody and roman where they might do something well like, like the uh cody brock thing is going to be a little side road they're going to take on the way back to him eventually working his way back to roman you know yeah, if it's constantly yeah. constant 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 people will burn out on it and be like ah oh, whatever but if you kind of take the side road with Brock, side road with Brock, and kind of make people forget about the deal with Roman. When you go back to the deal with Roman, right? People are like, oh shit, yeah, that's right. He still has this issue with Roman. Yeah. So you kind of have to. It's like a sleight of hand trick, you know. It's kind of make them look over here for a little bit while you do the thing over here. So when you bring it back to the finale, yeah, and do the ta-da. People, it'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Cody and Roman, they have a, Cody still has an un, unsettled issue with Roman. And I think they could really position this as a, like a modern time dusty flair type of feud. I really, I really think that they could, they could take that course there. But I yeah. also think that there's a part of me that's like, oh, you know, and, and I'm guilty of this. I'm like, oh, I want this. I want Roman to fucking lose. I want him to fucking get pinned in the ring clean and blah, 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 blah. But there's also like the other like more logical storyline, you know, English geek is like, I really want to see the story play out for a while. You know, like I'm really excited to be invested in this because I know what's going to happen, right? If it is in Philadelphia, because I'm going to fucking be there in Philadelphia. And if it does happen in Philly and Cody Rhodes goes over on Roman Reigns. At WrestleMania 40, after a year of struggle and like beating Brock and anybody, Randy Orton, if he comes back and anybody else is in his fucking way, right? Like that's going to be so much more impactful. The place, like there's no roof on the link, right? But if there was, they'd fucking blow the roof off of that place, man. Yeah. It would be an unbelievable moment for wrestling with the payoff, the capstone. It's different than, than the, the Usos and, and Sammy and, and KO, right? That was an entire year of a build to that moment, right? Yep. And you get your payoff. So yep. I think now at this point it's going to go for and, and also, too, to be clear, to, to go back to one thing you said about before we go into the next thing, but you talk about Luger. You know, there was a, there was discourse. And again, I was involved in that as well. It's like, you know, Cody is going to get Lugered if he doesn't win and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think 
I don't believe that that happened here. I was worried about that. The biggest difference was with Luger, like they were parading him around the country on the bus, <laughs> the Lexus yeah. Express. They had him come out at fucking house shows wearing the belt. I'll be your hero. <laughs> God, how cheese. Um, and it was like, it was the whole Lex Express, my God. But like they had him at house shows with the fucking belt on. You're positioning yeah. this man to be a champion. And then you don't pull the trigger at the last minute, and you still have a celebration in a ring because this man won by countout? Yeah. What? Wrestling fans will never know the frustration of watching a pay-per-view and never having the instant feedback of, like, talking to other people online. Yeah. And going, what the fuck? We had to watch that finish. It went off the air, and then we had to go back to our lives. Yeah. And wait for like maybe a newsletter, maybe a mel- after magazine to talk about it. And there was not, there wasn't like this vast online community where people can like talk to each other in real time and go, "What the fuck?" Yeah, there's no immediate, you know? there's no immediate echo chamber. Yeah, it's like, no. it's like we had to suffer in silence. I mean, SummerSlam '93 was like I was. Oh God, how old was I? Eight, and I remember even then going like, "Well, he didn't win." Like why? I guess why is Razor why is Razor out here with the fucking Steiner brothers? Why are they you know parading or whoever it was? It was I know it's the Steiners, but like yeah. why are they parading him around the ring? Like he didn't win, he technically won, and then they move him to the Rumble, and then it's him and and Brett. They both touch the floor at the same time, and then what did Luger open up WrestleMania that year with <laughs> with Yokozuna, and he lost again? And it's like okay, guys, this is ridiculous. Like stop, you know, I don't know. It just felt like. They weren't ready to, for whatever reason, they weren't ready to put the strap on him. But there were a lot of other extenuating circumstances that went along with that. What I'm getting to is the fact that it's not the same thing. I don't think because they've they're clearly invested in in Cody being their main guy, you know, the main baby face to Roman's main heel. Uh, and this program with Brock is going to be incredible. So I'm I'm excited for it. And Vanessa actually corrected me. Thank you, Vanessa. Uh, Roman's 1,000th day will be May 27th, which coincides with the Night of Champions pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. So that's they and they change that all up. So yeah, we'll love uh, for the Pod Squad. That's right. Thank you for fact checking us. You can also join us uh, at the Pod Squad right now by going to Patreon.com/slash Mind of the Meanie. Uh, you can see our beautiful faces record sometimes at night, sometimes in the morning, and. Uh, you can hang out with us here, dude. We got a we got a packed room. We got a, a newcomer, uh, yeah, Machete Von Kill. Um, welcome aboard, a new newest member of our, our pod squad in the room here. That's right. Uh, we're uh, both frat fans of uh, RJ City. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> every Sunday morning we watch RJ City make coffee in his underwear and uh, <laughs> join the join his chat. I don't know what he calls his fans, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, welcome, uh, welcome aboard. As, uh, you know, as it's good to see everybody who uh, is kind enough to support us and uh, keep the lights on here at Casa Domini. Absolutely, and I also appreciate you helping keep the lights on here at the Barnard Home for Wayward and Troubled Youth. Uh, <laughs> one quick thing before we get into uh, my favorite part of the show: uh, Wembley, Wembley Stadium is going to be the location yeah. for AEW's All In pay per view, and I want to know your thoughts. On AEW going across the pond, mate. God bless him. Yeah. Meanie. Yes. Manscaped is here 
with a deal you can't pass over this Easter season. Do you see what they did there? That was real fancy. Uh, they've, got, like- <laughs> they've got the tools to give you the beautifully decorated eggs of your dreams. Just because it's Easter doesn't mean it's okay to hide those bad boys behind all that tall grass. So make sure your downstairs lawn is mowed. Go get yourself feeling as sweet as candy by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping using promo code MindMeaning. Meaning, how are the crown jewels holding up this Easter season uh, using the products from Manscaped? Uh, the meanie eggs are uh, well kept uh, this this Easter season. I uh, I love the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop uh, preserver and uh, ball deodorant, the the crop reviver, the toner, the performance products or briefs, which are probably the most comfortable pair of underwear I've ever worn in my life. And uh, to top it off, they give you a beautiful, handsome travel bag to keep it all in uh and i'm getting to that age now where i'm getting able to go to territory i need that nose and hair that nose trimmer that the hair trimmer and you know uh the, the crop the, the crop preserver and the deodorant and the revive i need all that stuff at you know i'll be 50 next month it it's, it's coming into play but uh thanks to uh manscape uh you know I, i'm looking my best and feeling my best and that's, that's what it's all about is looking and feeling your best meaning. And it's also time to put the mini eggs into the perfect basket with the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped. Inside this ball care buddy basket, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0, weed whacker 2.0, ears and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, and the Performance Boxer Briefs, which absolutely are the most comfortable pair of boxers I have worn in my entire life. Uh, and a travel bag to hold your goodies, not just the ones that are being held by those boxers. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is an elite electric trimmer. It has their proprietary advanced skin safe technology that is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and equipped with a LED light so you can keep those eggs on, you keep those eyes on those eggs even in the dark. The Easter Bunny also mini will let you know dropped off an extra special gift with a performance package by adding the upgraded Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ears hair trimmer which helps reduce nicks snags and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes and lord knows i need it because if you can see me right now i got some hangers man looking like i have a full grassy knoll inside my nose this package also comes with their crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner yes you heard that right this is ball deodorant that can change your life April is Easter, but it's also Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, meaning. And Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support to fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as a part of their We Save Balls initiative. So definitely a great time to get these products right now. Don't forget to check your balls. And this is serious. I know we like to joke around on these ads, but it's serious. Check your balls. It can save your life. So go to Manscaped right now, manscaped.com, and save 20% plus free shipping with the promo code MINDMEANING. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MINDMEANING at manscaped.com. Hop! meanie into the best deal of the year with manscaped and as always we thank them for sponsoring the program um 
I hope they, I hope they fucking pack the place, man. That'd be great. Like I said, uh, all wrestling is good. Um, some wrestling I wish was better. You know, there's, look, I love wrestling and the, the best thing about being in love with something is knowing when to say, uh, you know, when it's doing good or when it's bad. But like, dude, I'm, I'm really rooting for them yeah. to, to fill Wembley. As somebody, I've been to Wembley for two events that weren't soccer. I went uh 2018 for the Eagles Jaguars game and then uh just recently for the uh Taylor Hawkins tribute show and by the way the Foo Fighters are teasing new music which has my uh has my antennas up. Please Dave. Dave, if you're listening to the show, I know you're a fan of the show, it's me, Adam. <laughs> I'm here with I'm here with Blue, who's your favorite wrestler. Please. Please give us new Foo Fighters this year. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Need it, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um but yeah, back to AEW, yes. uh, dude. And that just lets you know what that signals to me that uh, CM Punk's coming back. Yeah, He's come back. Yeah, he's got to. Uh, you you need usually. I, I usually you have a what's the saying? I'm, I'm I'm paraphrasing Jim Cornette. You know, sometimes you have a match that needs a stadium, or sometimes you have a stadium that needs a match. Yeah. Right now they need a match. I mean, they're going to sell a lot of tickets. Yeah. I'm confident. You know, for, you know, to be over in uh, the UK and stuff like that, hop, skip it. And, you know, some of those folks who are usually used to flying over to America for big events have a big event right in their backyard. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to fill that place. But if you give them one solid match, like main event match with CM Punk against, like, say, Punk and Omega. Yeah. Like I say, that that will be the gravy as far as ticket sales. You know, I can see them putting like 40,000 people in there, but you put in CM Punk and Kenny Omega, I'm saying maybe an extra 10 to 20,000 seats being sold in that place. For sure. That place, that place is fucking huge. Well, you have, to, uh, you have to factor in the folks that are going to fly over there from America, too. I mean, there's a lot oh, yeah. of folks that are going to go over there for this event. And... People are going to schedule their summer vacations around this event. Yes. It's, it's, it's in August, summertime, summertime overseas. You know, hey, I was going to go do my usual vacation, but fuck that. I'll go over to England and watch AEW and fucking Wembley Stadium. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? It's the, it's, it's the perfect time for it. It's a great venue. Uh, great area. Um, I love, dude, two times I went to Wembley, fucking fantastic. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'll be excited for to, to see what happens with this. I, uh, I'm conflicted about punk, man. I, 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 <laughs> there is a part of me that really, you know, I do. I'm a, I'm a CM Punk guy. I've always really enjoyed his work. Um, big fan of, of what he does. But I, again, I know we've talked about this. We touched on this a couple times on the show, but it, but it's coming back up because it really feels like that's where they're going with this, right? Like there's, there's no other reason why yeah. a lot of this stuff is coming out now. You know, there was the reports on Fightful. I think it was that there was preliminary plans in place. And again, to be clear, like, like no one reported that he was actually coming back, right? They just saying that, Hey, plans are kind of been talked about. Uh, media right. literacy is important, friends, but, um, I think there's like, there's just a, it's, it's like, what's the upside for him at this point? You know, like really what's the upside? 
And I think if he's going to come back to this, it's got to mean something. And and I, I they have a good storyline now with the pillars and and MJF and and there's a lot of really good things going. So it's like my thing is always in my brain as the wrestling fan. I'm like, okay, then what? Okay, then what? We have Omega, and then what? And then what's the next? You know, it's like where's the progression of him going to go? But uh, I don't know. How do you feel about Punk coming back? Like overall, dude. Here's the thing. Punk is punk. He's the same guy. You know, you could say he's an acquired taste, but you know what? A lot of guys have done similar things back in the day. It just wasn't as amplified because there wasn't social media back then. Right, right. Uh, Cornette tells the story about, you know, Brett and Sean get into a fist fight and Brett pulled fucking a, a chunk of fucking Shawn Michaels hair out of his fucking head in the locker room. And let me be clear, I we've talked about it on the show tier two before. I don't I don't disagree with the way that Punk reacted to that situation, right? Because I feel like if I was in that position and someone was publicly trashing me, right? Like for lack of a better term, I'd be really fucking pissed too. I my my point was they did yeah, I'm sorry, the service by no they had they did him at the they did punk at the service by let him go straight from the ring to yes. that press conference yes you got to let him go to his locker room decompress you know he's literally going from the ring to the fucking podium eating a cupcake eating his post match meal at the fucking thing yeah you let a couple people go before him let him sit in his locker room let him eat his cupcake let him drink his whatever drink he was let him go yeah and then he goes in that press conference he might have a whole different attitude it may never have happened but they literally right. they took the kate they took the 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 prodded and poked and bloody tiger injured injured turn, uh, put yeah. him in front of a fucking and literally you know and, and this is not a knock to him but like put him in front of nick hausman who already they already have a history together of some regard i don't know what yeah. it is but like that's gonna be that's gonna cause some issues, right? But again, I don't I don't necessarily. It's not that I don't understand where he was coming from, right, or the things that he was feeling. But there were a right. lot of things that really went wrong there. But you're right, like you're to your point, like this shit happened probably every single day in the locker room back before there was social media, before there was media scrums or things like that. This just happens. Fucking to guys, be, fucking guys pulling. There's fucking guys pulling guns on each other or fucking. You know, you watch uh, the Memphis uh, Tales from the Territory and to talk about, you know, a guy hitting the ring with a fucking straight razor to fucking try to cut Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Jarrett pulls the guy's fucking eyeball out. Right, right. Or like a like a, somehow a, those career somehow Jerry Jarrett managed to <laughs> survive pulling the guy's eye out, you know, just just unbelievable. Right. Or even like something mm. as, as tragic as what happened to Bruiser Brody. That was a, a, a dispute yeah. between. Him and another wrestler, and it's just it's it's. It, it was a horrible situation, and, and unfortunately, the show still went on. Right. Not that I'm agreeing with it. I'm just saying guys have done some fucked up shit in this business. So Punk had a, a rough press conference. You, you mean you can't do business with him because he the right. words he said at a press conference, right? And he reacted. Uh, he reacted negatively to you know barging in his room. Right. Whereas if you. <laughs> Dude, if I like I said, they they should have let him decompress before that press conference, and things would have been a whole lot different. I agree. I, again, I think yeah. I think my business hat when I put the the business hat on, as we say in the corporate world, 
um, it's it's money, right? If Tony Khan's if Tony Khan is going to be this person, and he's a he's a businessman, and it's he his, wants, it's wants his to make money. Promotion, it's his fucking promotion, and nobody should dictate to him how he spends his money. No, no, you know, he's paying Punk millions of dollars, right? And he deserves an ROI on that, right? And to Punk's credit, Punk wants to earn his keep. He wants to. Punk is probably like I. I really would like to earn this, these millions of dollars. I could easily just sit home and yeah. collect these millions of dollars, but no, I want to earn my paycheck. And let the, him, yeah, let him come back to the ring and let him let him show and prove. I hope he does. Yeah. I hope he does. I would. Yeah. I I would personally enjoy watching Punk and Omega, or even like I know there's been talk about CM. What are they called? CMFTR versus the Elite. Um, yeah. But again, it's like you have Dude, to. The, 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 be- the best, best drawing matches or storylines come from real life issues. Right. Yeah. People know Brett, knew Brett and fucking Sean hated each other. That's what made that match more, their matches that much more special. You know, the fact that there might be a real life issue here might make. You know, might meet me the difference between drawing forty thousand or sixty thousand people. Fuck, I had my issue with JBL, and we still did business, even though we had made up right up until before we did the match. We still did business. Yeah, it's it's a business, and that's that's ultimately what it's going to be about. So I hope they can figure it out. I hope they can make it work at least between him and Omega. Um, I think that would be a fucking hell of a fight. Uh, but one yeah. one hell of a fight. That I'm having right now is in my intestines. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do have a question for you, sir. Blue, if I will. Yes. Uh, I have a question for you. What's that? Are you ready to ask me any? I would love to. It's time to ask me anything. Ask me something. Don't forget. Yeah, of course. Tweet us your uh. questions using the hashtag AskMeany, and you may hear them on the program. Uh, each week here, I'm going to start with the pod squad. Andy Schlichter wants to know. Schlichter! Along the similar lines to what had been discussed today, where is the fine line between long-term booking and not pulling the trigger on a hot angle? You just got to feel it, you know. They could have, you know, had him win the match, but then, then what? That's the way. That's what the, the how you got to look at. It. Okay, we can have Cody win, and then what? You know, you have a, you've been talking about this this championship reign of over nine hundred days, and you're just going to have come up short, you right, know, of, right. of a thousand days. But it's just a matter of feel, you know, it's a matter of feel. And uh, I mean, shit, back in the day. And senior, you know, most bookers had the blow off written a, a, a specific day for a blow off a year in advance, and book it up and down the course of the year. Just and that's the beauty of doing, uh, you know, live TV each and every week. You can adjust on the fly, as opposed to when if you're writing a, a scripted scripted show where you got to stick to the script. If something's not working, you can adjust to it as you're going along with the storyline. So. That's the thing, you know. You got a a good instinct will tell you when the when is when, and it's it's not always guaranteed right. to be right. But that's you know that's why they're you know they put 
the that's why they trust the people with the uh, the creative that they trust. Shackelford, another Pod Squad member, Andrew Bailey, wants to know, Meanie and Adam, yes, what are your thoughts on ghosts, and do you believe in them? Oh yeah. I'm a strong believer of the paranormal. Uh, I watch all the paranormal shows. Well, not all of them. Uh, I watch specific paranormal shows. There's some, uh, you know, as for, for everybody who goes, ah, that's all bullshit. There's some shows that I totally think are bullshit. Right. You know, ah, nothing's happening. I possessed. You know, but, uh, uh, I was a big fan of Ghost Hunters, uh, a uh, show that's going on now called Kindred Spirits with Amy Bruni and Adam Berry. Uh, they have a good show. Because if they go into a situation and there's nothing going on, they go, we found nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Can't get better than that. And uh, Amy's got a really good podcast called Haunted Road, which is great, uh, where they give a backstory of a location and talk to somebody from that location. So, yeah, totally. I'm totally into the paranormal. Totally believe in it. Uh, not sure if I've had a moment. You know, there's a couple times where I felt creeped out. I know my mom, uh, my Aunt Judy lived in the house that was supposed to be haunted. Mm. And uh, my mom had an experience in that house to where she just fucking left and moved out. You know, she was living with my aunt for a little bit and just said, fuck that, I'm out of here. Yeah. And then my aunt moved from the house like two weeks later. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, uh, Yeah, I'm totally into that. How about you? Uh, so I'm, I tend to be a skeptical person by nature. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm always like, you know, I'm not a religious person. I don't, you know, I don't believe in any of that stuff or, or anything like that. But, um, I've always been skeptical of the paranormal. Um, but I will say this, uh, I guess it was 2011 when I was with WCUR in Westchester for college radio station. We did an, a bunch of events at the Penhurst Asylum, which is down here in Chester yes. County in the area here. Yes. And super cool people over there, fantastic uh, haunted yeah. house, hayride stuff. Go and see them uh, during the, you know, the Halloween you know, creeper season. Uh, fantastic place. And so we got to go into the asylum itself. They gave us, me and a bunch of the people in the radio station, they gave us like a private, like literally they were like, here you go. You guys are going to just kind of like run free here for three hours and record whatever you want. And it was super fucking weird. Like it was because they, there were areas of of the asylum that they allowed us access to that weren't open to the general public. And they still had a lot of the beds and a lot of like, you know, the equipment that were in the room that just like sits there and decays. Right. It's fucking yeah. weird. Yeah. And at one point, um, while we were, we had all kind of like split up into teams. We all had our own like video cameras and shit. And, and, um, we're standing at one of the ends of the hallway. And I swear to God, it sounded like the ceiling was coming down on top of us. And it was like, it literally sounded like a freight train. And there's no trains in the area. There's no public transportation or anything. It just sounded like there was a bunch of crumbling that we fucking, book down the hallway man and a couple minutes later we're in this one room and all of our equipment starts to act up right like all of the electronic equipment none of our cell phones are working the cameras are glitching we're filming and then we look back and like an hour's worth of the footage is missed like it was really like really crazy shit right yeah so that was like the first time where i was like oh this is there's something to this right so um, I can't experience. I can't explain exactly what I experienced at that place, but fuck, it was 
it was crazy, man. It was definitely, definitely like kind of took me back a little bit, you know? So, yeah, I'm, I, dude, and shout out to my boy, uh, who listens every week. Uh, my boy, Mikey Hall is AKA flatbed Mikey on Instagram. Oh yeah. Yeah. Him, me and Mrs. Meany are all old school fans of the old Art Bell show. Yes. I remember and, that. Uh, you know, the shadow people. West of the Rockies, you know, just, uh, yeah, I've always been a big believer of paranormal, uh, UFOs, all that shit. Yeah. I'm not saying a hundred percent it's real, but there's people I know who've had experiences. You know, I've, I've, I believe I've seen a UFO. Um, I'm sure we all have. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's energy all around us, you know, imagine telling somebody from, uh, explaining to somebody from the 1800s what a cell phone is yeah, or a lap. Uh, let me go get my laptop. Your, your what? Your, your lap, your lap, what? Your laptop, the top of your lap, right. your, your lap, your front, you know, is, you know, all the things that we could do technology as far as energy and shit like that. Now imagine, you know, your body's made up of carbon and all this shit. Just there's gotta be something to it, I think. Now it's 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 where you border on like religion and all that stuff and Right. Maybe it was just paranormal experiences, you know, just who knows. I don't know. Well there's also the law of but, conservation. But that, right? that, I, I don't know anything and that's why I'm so fascinated, because I don't know and I wanna know more. Yeah, it's not that I'm not fat. Like I, I'm fascinated by a lot yeah. of the Abrahamic religions and a lot of the texts, you know, and, and the different uh, you know, the yeah. pageantry and stuff, and even the old Egyptian stuff. Like all that stuff is super fascinating. But what gets yeah. me sometimes is the law of conservation, right? Einstein's law: it's, it's it's energy can't be created or destroyed. And that to me is like okay, well, it just transfers from one thing to another. So like, could that be it? Could people just be? Sensing that or, or feeling it, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just, here's a story. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm friends with Amy Bruni and Adam Barry from, uh, uh, Kindred Spirits. Right. And they were having a event at Easter State Penitentiary. Uh, they wanted me to come along as a guest ghost hunter. Well, you know, guest Guess, guess. I'm not like a right. ghost hunter by trade, but I went along for the ride. <clears throat> so a couple of days before uh, the event, there's a two-night event at Easter State. Uh, I visit my Uncle Frankie, who was, wasn't was doing well. He was dying from pan- pancreatic cancer. And um, so I was like, and we're big fans of the uh, paranormal, too. He's a big fan of Art Bell. We, you know, we, we send these stuff, each other stuff about ghosts, UFOs, and stuff like that. And I told him about the event, and he's like, oh, that's so cool, you know. And that was the last time I saw my Uncle Frankie. So a couple of days later, we do the event. And uh, the first night goes really cool. Uh, you know, there's the, the little thing before everybody gets together to do the breakup into groups. And, Hi, I'm so and so. You know, I, I introduced myself. Hi, I'm Brian Blumini, big fan of the paranormal. You know, this, that, and everything. What I love about it. Hopefully, yeah, we have a good time. Blah blah blah. Night goes off without a hitch. Second night, uh, same thing. They're a different group of people. 
but you know, we have that pre hunt meet and greet, you know, everybody sits down in their chairs and me, Britt, me, uh, there's another ghost hunter, Britt, whose last name escapes me, but he was, uh, from ghost hunters and Adam were in front and I go through the same spiel, but for whatever reason, I felt something came over me hmm. and I couldn't, I felt off. I felt weird. I went to do my normal shtick and I just couldn't formulate like words. I felt like I was stumbling over my words, this, that, and the other thing. And I get through it and everybody else, you know, the next person starts to talk. I send uh, Mrs. Mina a little text. I was like, just take a photo of me, you know, take a photo of me. And she snaps a photo and this back with shitty fucking flip phones and stuff like that. So, uh, <clears throat> We go out, she sends me the phone, not, not going on, but, uh, I get home from the event and I learned that at the exact time that I was up, cause she took a photo, there's, so there's like a, a timestamp of me texting her, the exact moment where me, who's used to speaking in front of people and being a public speaker, couldn't formulate words to say this and everything, my, my uncle passed away. Wow. That night, that same time, as I was talking in front of these people, I f- believe in my heart, I physically felt him leave. Wow. You know, cause I, you know, the next morning I wake up, Aunt Ree, my Aunt Ree is, is my Uncle Frankie. Aunt Ree was his wife. She calls me to let me know. I was like, when? Last night. I'm like, oh my God. I start, and I didn't want to go, oh, well, exactly, what time? Right, I, mean, you know, right. I, I beat around, you know, oh, I went last night around 9.30. I was like, oh, oh, look at my phone, look at the time of the text. I believe there's there's energy among us. And, you know, I love my Uncle Frankie. If, if he, my Uncle Frankie wasn't my uncle, I wish he was my dad. Wow. That's how much I loved him. You know, my my real dad was in my life. My grandfather was my dad, but <clears throat> take my, my grandfather out of the equation. If I had a choice, Uncle Frankie would have been my dad. So, you know, uh, I, I tr- truly, truly believe in that stuff. I but I can't explain it. Right? No, it makes sense. <coughs> I'm with, like I said, I'm with you. I'm in the same boat. Like I, I feel like. I don't. I, I don't have a. I don't have a description for it. I don't have an understanding of it. So it's like, okay, well, I can't. I'm not going to say one way or the other. You know, like I just. It's. It's. I've experienced some things. I've seen some shit. And yeah, you know, I'm sure. Again, like it too. Like the, the universe is. And again, I love. I, I don't understand physics. I don't understand <laughs> astrophysics. Like the actual components of it. But I love hearing about the theories and the ideas behind it. And uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I just the, the our universe is just so. I mean, we're literally a, a blue dot in a sea of billions and billions and trillions of blue dots and, and yellow dots and green dots. And like oh, yeah. to, to imagine that we are the only, you know, intelligent life in this long, strange trip of ours is just it's it's so pompous and arrogant and, and, and short sighted. Um, I don't think that any of these these. You know, if there are any other forms of intelligent life, I don't think they have the capabilities to um, connect with us. You know, like like the way we don't. I, I would be surprised in that regard. But um, I'm really hoping for a Star Trek future. They, they, man. That's that's really what I'm what I'm hyped for is is Star Trek. So 
Yeah, you can you can always say that you know they could be among us, you know, and just or they came know. saw how we're acting and said, "Get let me get the fuck out of here." You know, I'm sorry, who's president? The orange <laughs> guy? I'm out. Yeah, no, they were like, "Peace, I'm done." Um, it, it's like when uh, it's like when GPS sends you through like a rough part of town. And you're like, "Oh, what the fuck? Let me get the fuck out of here." <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of Dodge. I'm not doing this. MapQuest um, would always send me through a rough part of town. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yep. Every time. Last question for the day. Mark and Dryden wants to know, I was very impressed with the Dusty Rhodes bio. By the way, Dusty's hanging out on my desk here today. I have not seen it yet. Uh, have either of you met him? Oh. And when did you first become a fan? Oh, yeah. I've met, I've met him. I most famously, famously uh, told the story on this podcast, but I'll revisit it. I ain't going to be the dick well. Go back to episode 23. <laughs> Joe, go way back in our time machine. Uh, I did a show. Well, like <clears throat> when I uh, we were doing three PW shows here in, in Philly, Dusty came in to work. But I had met Dusty as as a fan, but in the business, I met him as well. And um, uh, there was uh, my buddy Sal uh, was doing a bunch of uh, Heroes of Wrestling shows. And there's a show in Florida, right outside Tampa. It's a, it's a show where I actually got to wrestle Kamala, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. On the, you know, on the same show, uh, the Dudley, they had the Dudleys against the Midnight Express. And uh, Dusty was on the show. Terry Funk was on the show. A bunch of really cool legends. And uh, so after the show, uh, they have people volunteers you know designated to take people back to the hotel so i was ready to go back and so was dusty and uh you know dusty uh please sit in the front so dusty sits in the front seat as you do with the veteran well, i'm sitting in the front seat i took the back and it had been a long day you know you fly in you get stopped by the hotel for a second and uh go to the building you wrestle and me, I don't. I, I have to I have a cutoff point before I wrestle of when I can eat. Yeah, because if I eat too close to wrestling, I I'm like a baby. I'll just throw up all over the fucking place. Oh man! So the show's over, and we're going back to the uh, hotel. Dusty's in the front re- front front seat. I'm in the back seat, and I pop in like it's like kind of like Wayne's World. You know, there you know, two guys in front of you. One guy pops in from the back. Hey. <laughs> I go, uh, hey, uh, guys, uh, what would be cool if we, uh, stopped somewhere and, you know, got something, got, got like a cheeseburger or something, get something to eat? And Dusty goes, oh, mini burgers. You want burgers? Mini, I thought, I thought you were going to say, hey, guys, let's, Stop somewhere and get some beer, you know? Fucking burgers. Meanie, if Dick and Murdoch was in this car right now, there'd be a fist fight. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I just popped huge. He's like, burgers. So we pulled through like a, a Burger King drive through I got something to eat. And then we stopped at the local gas station where they sell beer. You know, yeah. Something you don't see in Pennsylvania. So he got his little six pack. I got my burgers. And he's like, and the whole time he's like, Burgers, man. Burgers. <laughs> God, Blue Meanie, if Dick and Murdoch was in this car, there'd be a fist fight. 
I'm just popping for the fact that you guys all like imagine being the guy or girl who's at the drive through and there's yeah. fucking dusty roads sitting in the fucking passenger seat. Thank you, baby. Appreciate Captain you. Mr. Florida Championship Wrestling himself, Dusty Rhodes. Crazy. Know? The second most recognizable athlete in the history of the world, baby. I uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fucking that. sweet, man. Um Yeah. No, unfortunately, I never got a chance to meet Dusty. Um, would have been super cool. I would have been just marked out like crazy. Um, loved, loved, loved Dusty Rhodes when I was growing up. He was one of my favorites. And yeah, no, it would have been cool. Um, I don't know when I, when I guess when I was first exposed to him, um, it was probably the late 80s, early 90s. Like we didn't, you know, like we watched WWF at my house. And I think. It was the polka dot era when I first learned about him. Mm-hmm. And then when we went to, my dad has a bunch of family in Georgia down, uh, Uncle Tillman was his name. And he had literally like ears that were like saucers. This guy's ears. I've never seen ears as big on anyone as I did Uncle Tillman. And he watched WCW. And this was like pre Hogan turning heel and all like that. And, um, there was, Dusty, he was talking about Dusty, he was watching old tapes and Dusty's wrestling. So I got I got exposed to that aspect of the business. Like, oh, there's this big wide world of wrestling. You know, I was probably nine at the time. And, uh, and so I, I I was sort of fascinated by Dusty at that point. But yeah, I mean he was just one of the best. And I I I would have would have absolutely jumped at the chance to meet him. It would have been, I'm sure, very cool. But I definitely wouldn't have asked him for burgers, uh, knowing your story. Uh, maybe we would have brought him, maybe we would have brought him burgers. It would have been fun. But yeah. uh, what else is fun is doing this yes. fucking show with you, man. This is a blast every week that we get every to do week. this together. And um, I just I have a question for you to follow up after the ask meeting, and, and also everyone is listening to the show and and here in our pod squad. Thank you for sending your questions in uh, each week to us so we can ask them uh, and, and explore, pull things apart before the end. It's my favorite part of the show. I really enjoy this part. But uh, Mini. Where can everybody find you and stay connected with you on your social media? If you would like to follow Blue Mini on all forms of social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and eh, TikTok. Uh, I think I'm still Mastodon. I'm not sure. Uh, at Blue Mini BWO, uh, that's where you can find me and uh, we can interact and uh, be social. Uh, if you would like to support the Blue Mini, Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bloomini. Get yourself one of the uh, stylish BWO shirts. If you would like to support Mind of the Meanie, go to my, uh, go to, sorry, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Every dollar you spend there goes back to taking care of this fine program you're listening to right now. Colin Elbow, the wrestling brand. Go to ColinElbowBrand.com. Use coupon code Meanie or... Use coupon code MIND and save 10%. Uh, they have some great shirts there. Uh, shout out to Rod Hicks, who was great to hang out with over the weekend. He's doing great work over there at ColinOberBrand.com. MadCatBeardCare.com. Uh, go there and get yourself the Blue Spruce Beard Oil and Bomb. Shout out to my boy Josh Thornton, doing a great job there taking care of the cats. He rounds them up, takes them to the vet, and uh, lets them go on their way, feeling a whole lot better. So if you're a cat lover, if you're a cat lover like myself, go to madcatbeardcare.com. The Figure Collections Bone Crushing Wrestler Series One variants of myself are available now 
all series uh, one variants uh, can be ordered right now at shop.figurecollections.com. That's shop.figurecollections.com. It was great seeing the guys over the weekend. Uh, they were selling plenty of those figures at uh, Square Circle Expo. I've signed a whole bunch of them. So uh, if you get one at the, uh, if you go to figure dot, uh, I mean, sorry, shop.figurecollections.com, bring it on out and uh, I'll sign it. Uh, shout out to Jim Nelson over at glaciersofice.com. Jim does amazing work over there at GlaciersOfVice.com. Jim made a three of three only handmade custom BWO Air Jordan 1 sneakers for Stevie, Nova, and myself, which Nova and I wore this past weekend, or by the time you hear this, two weekends ago at uh, Square Circle Wrestling Expo. Great look of shoes, comfortable shoes. Uh, if you want to see all his hard work, uh, with progress uh, photos and videos, follow him on all social all forms of social media at G O I Kicks. That's on all forms of social media at G O I Kicks. Uh, Cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO for birthdays, holidays, and well wishes. Uh, go to Cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO. And get yourself a video today. Let's uh, get together and have some fun and try to make somebody's day a little bit better. Uh, but most important, most importantly, Mr. Bernard, where can we find you? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that volley there. Thank you very much. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can go check me out. It's uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, and on Mastodon still. Uh, this is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand pal, so you can go find me there. Don't forget to check out my other show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net. I have a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pipeline. I'm going to be revisiting some of my older episodes as well uh, to get them back into the stratosphere, so go to check it out at foundationradio.net. Don't forget, right now, you can go and pick up your very own, very first Adam Bernard Wrestling Buddy, uh, the appearance is uncanny. Uh, go to brothersgatter.com and pick yourself up a buddy. And also, while you're there, get yourself a two-pack so you can look at us while we're recording with the Blue Meanie and Adam Bernard at brothersgatter.com. If you want to pick one up, yeah, they even got our tattoos on it, which is dope. You got Meanies here in the arm right there. And then you also, on the back of mine, is my Sparks tattoo for my homie Sparks. I don't, it's hard to see here, but... It is very real. It is anatomically correct as well. Tiny, and what I mean by that is my tiny little legs because I'm a short human being. But you can go to brothersgatter.com, pick it up, or you can hit me up on social media. Uh, there are only a handful left already. Uh, they've been moving very well, which is fantastic and very surprising for me. Uh, but uh, really excited about that, brothersgatter.com. The Feinberg Method, go and sign up to be workout and uh, get into my routine uh, with my trainer and uh, best friend, Brad Feinberg. I will be with him in Las Vegas at the end of the month, and uh, I will send some pictures to the pod squad to show all out there. But you can use promo code Goober and save 20% on your entire purchase, not just physical uh, wellness, but also mental well-being as well. The Feinberg Method.com, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Foundation Radio. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Pick up a shirt and help keep the lights on at Casa de Meanie and the Barnard Home for Wayward and Troubled Youth. I uh, want to say Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Become a Pod Squad member today. We want to thank my, uh, Manscaped for sponsoring the program and the sponsors that you heard at the beginning and the end of the program. 
uh, for helping us stay afloat here. We appreciate you, Pod Squad. We love you so much, and thank you again for listening. We will see you again next week for the Blue Meanie. I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip to the mind. This episode of Mind of the Meanie is hosted and executively produced by the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. It was mixed and engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional narration is provided by the executive voice, Sam Kreps. Our intro music was performed by the Swamp Candles. Our outro music was performed by Chikara. Additional musical accompaniment is produced by Enrichment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mind of the Meanie and become our patron on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Find our entire show archive at mindofthemeanie.com. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.